it's Lisa and it's Danielle and it's Tiffany and we want to thank you guys for joining us today on mommy's wine time today's subject is um, breast cancer awareness so we're kind of supporting the cause and just getting you guys aware of the mini um, mm -hmm. you know how to check it out what's going on etc so um, today's drink Tiffany actually brought the party oh my party picks it's the my card lemonades um it has hard blood orange hard lemonade hard strawberry lemonade and hard black cherry lemonade i'm trying the blood orange and it is amazing i have the hard strawberry lemonade and i like like pink lemonade strawberry lemonade type of drinks anyway so i like it and i love mike's hard so so tonight, Danielle's going to be drinking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I have sampled every single thing in the party <laughs> this summer. Um, I got it because it has the hard blood orange, which is my favorite from Mike's. So um, I actually like all of them. I think my least favorite is actually probably the plain lemonade. Plain. So. Yeah, I would, um, I'd be interested in trying the black cherry one. I'm surprised See, because I, I just thought like that she did plain, not like black like cherry. Plain for some reason. cherry, but there is black cherry things that I okay like. So, so now I know because I stood I stood there and I was looking. I was like, I really want to get the black cherry one, but I was like, I don't know if Lisa would drink it. So I'm I'll be safe. I'll get the party mix. Right. Yeah. No. I'm gonna try it just to see. Hey, we'll know after this if I yeah, exactly. like it or not. I guess we'll know. All right, so we actually got um, kind of a lot of notes, so I guess we'll just jump right into the topic. Um, I don't know, it's kind of a topic that hits home with me, not because I know people who've had breast cancer, um, I never had like any direct family, or I know people who've been close family friends of other family members who have, but I have kind of, ever since 2005, always worked in radiology, um, and in Colorado, all of our different modalities in radiology were really close together and so I always did like the breast cancer walk that they did every year um, you know October was just a really big month for the breast cancer awareness in radiology um, so I thought well it's October why don't we just do breast cancer awareness today um, so the first article is um, the US breast cancer statistics it's from breastcancer.com dot org it says about one in eight u.s women which is about 12 percent will develop invasive breast cancer over the course of her lifetime um in 2015 an estimated of 231,840 new cases of invasive breast cancer are expected to be diagnosed in women in the u.s along with 60,290 new cases of non-invasive breast cancer, about 2,350 new cases of invasive breast cancer are expected to be diagnosed in men in 2015. Um, a man's lifetime risk of breast cancer is about 1 in 1,000. Um, I did find a whole other article on men and breast cancer because a lot of people don't think men can get breast cancer but they can so um, I will get into that article after this 
Um, breast cancer um, rates in the U.S. began decreasing in the year 2000 after increasing for the previous two decades. Um, they dropped by 7% from 2002 to 2003 alone. One theory um, is that this decrease was partially due to the reduced use of hormone replacement therapies by women after the results of a large study called the Women's Health um, Initiative where were published in 2002. Um, those results um, actually suggested that there was a connection between um, HRT and increased breast cancer risks. Hmm. So that's kind of interesting actually. I wonder if it's, I mean, they do say that hormones feed mm -hmm. breast cancer, so a lot of times yeah. they try to restrict anything that gives you hormones, so that makes sense yeah. to me. I mean, I'm learning this year, actually, that um, hormones seem to feed a lot of different things um, that you would think, well, you're supposed to take hormones if this happens or this, but then they tell you, no, don't, because certain things will feed off of those hormones. About 40,290 women in the U.S. are expected to die in 2015 from breast cancer. Though death, though death rates have been decreasing since 1989, women under 50 have experienced larger decreases. These decreases are thought to be the result of treatment advances, earlier detection through screening, and increased awareness. That's kind of... A big sad number. <laughs> for women in the U.S., breast cancer death rates are higher than those for any other cancer besides lung cancer. Besides skin cancer, breast cancer is the most commonly diagnosed cancer among American women. In 2015, it's estimated that just under 30% of newly diagnosed cancers in women will be breast cancer. Um, white women are slightly more likely to develop breast cancer than African-American women. However, in women under 45, breast cancer is more common in African-American women than white women. Overall, African-American women are more likely to die of breast cancer. The risk of developing and dying from breast cancer is lower in Asian, Hispanic, and Native American women. Um, in 2015, there are more than 2.8 million women with a history of breast cancer in the U.S. This includes women currently being treated and women who have finished treatment already. Um, a woman's risk of breast cancer approximately doubles if she has a first-degree relative, a mother, sister, daughter, who has been diagnosed with breast cancer. Less than 15% of women who get breast cancer have a family member diagnosed with it. About 5 to 10% of breast cancers can be linked to gene mutations, um, like abnormal changes, inherited from one's mother or father. Mutations of the um, BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes are the most common. On average, women um, with the BRCA1 mutation have a 55 to 65% lifetime risk of developing breast cancer. Um, for women with BRCA2 mutation, the risk is 45%. Um, an increased ovarian cancer risk is also associated with these genetic mutations. In men, BRCA2 mutations are associated with a lifetime 
breast cancer risk of about 6.8%. BRCA mutations are also, are, 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 I can't talk, are a less frequent cause of breast cancer in men. About 85% of breast cancers occur in women who have no family history of breast cancer. Um, these occur due to genetic mutations that happen as a result of the aging process and life in general rather than inherited um, mutations. The most significant risk factors, of course, for breast cancer are gender, being a woman, and the age of growing older. So is there anything in there that... Um, shocked you guys like I knew one of the things that I did learn is like from before is that I always I don't know I was always under the impression of if you don't have the close family history of breast cancer like you don't have nothing to worry about and then when I started working in there and I learned different I was like oh <laughs> and then you know I started seeing more and more cases of women who were coming in Especially when I was working in ultrasound, because, you know, we would do the breast ultrasound, so that's where the biopsies would be done, so I'd have to be right there. And, you know, a lot of women who were coming in, that's one of my questions I had to ask them was, do you have a family history of breast cancer? And a lot of them were no. And I was like, you know, that's, that's like, really scary, because a lot of people think, like, including that's what I thought, that you had to have the, his the family history. And I don't know if it's because from way back when they would say if there was no family history you had nothing to worry about and then studies show no that's not true or just just kind of how it started changing the further on things were happening so that used to be one that really shocked me I would say that most people probably find the fact that men can get breast mm -hmm. cancer to be shocking. I did yeah. hear it in um, a health class in college earlier on, mm -hmm. so I, that wasn't really shocking to me because I did hear it. When mm -hmm. I first heard it, it was shocking to me. I was like, really? I would have never thought. Right. And they say men with um, larger breasts mm -hmm. are more at risk, so it's very mm -hmm. important for them to not have the extra fat sitting there. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that applies to women as well. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wanted to make a joke because I was like, that's probably why Asian women aren't so <laughs> susceptible <laughs> to it. Because <laughs> we all belong to the Itty Bitty Titty Committee. But mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but I don't know, because I, I wonder if it has to do with the amount of fat mm -hmm. in your breast. So larger mm -hmm. breast women, are they more susceptible to it? I don't, I don't know. I didn't really see anything like that. I never heard. But um, even men who don't have... All men no matter how big or small, they have breast tissue under there. Right. And they even have it, like, your breast tissue goes, you know, all the way up under your armpits. And that's why they have um, you check when you're right. actually doing it. So, um, they could still even get it through. But I just guess, I don't know, before I used to think men's breasts were different than ours, but they just don't grow like ours, I guess. They do have that breast tissue. I have seen some men with some pretty large breasts. Well, so yes. I, I can't go with that theory there. Some men well, do. Some men. Yeah. yeah, the common man Tiffany does not have large breasts. I, I did hear about the men can catch breast cancer, but I think that like I learned that when my aunt had got breast cancer, mm -hmm. so I was younger, so mm -hmm. what like high school. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I've I've known that. Yeah, I know a lot of people are like, well, no, we. You know, they don't usually, um, 
like necessarily have to go get the mammogram and all that. And a lot of men will come and be like, I don't know why I'm having to get this ultrasound. Like, I'm a man. I don't have breast tissue like women. No. You do. You do. And you can actually catch, catch breast. I mean, obviously, can't it's rare. Can't catch breast cancer. But you can. <laughs> so you guys can't catch. catch I was like, no, no, not it's catch. not like herpes, guys. Right. No, not catch breast cancer. But <laughs> you can still, you can get it. Well, it's like this next article. It's called Male Breast Cancer. And again, it's from um, breastcancer.org. It says, breast cancer in men is a rare disease. Less than 1% of all breast cancers occur in men. In 2015, about 2,350 men um, are expected to be diagnosed with the disease. For men, the lifetime risk of being diagnosed with breast cancer is about 1 in 1,000. Um, oh, sorry, my screen just did a little flip here. Hold on. <laughs> um, because, oh no, I skipped the whole spot. You may be thinking, men don't have breasts, so how can they get breast cancer? The truth is that boys and girls, men and women, all have the breast tissue. The various hormones in girls' and women's bodies stimulate the breast tissue to grow into full breast. Sorry, Boys. it just makes me think because China will say like, Ashley's gonna kill me, but China will say like he has boobies and he'll she'll say like Mel has <coughs> boobies and they're always like man boys don't have boobies so mm -hmm. I guess like next time I'd be like no she's right you guys do have boobies <laughs> you can be like actually we just learned <laughs> um, boys and men's bodies normally don't make. Um, much of the breast stimulating hormones as a result the breast tissue usually stays flat and small still you may have seen boys and men with medium-sized or big breasts usually these breasts are just mounds of fat but sometimes men can develop real breast gland tissue because they take certain medicines or have abnormal hormone levels because breast cancer in men is rare Few cases are available to study. Um, most studies of men with breast cancer are very small, but when a number of these small studies are grouped together, we can learn more from them. So, yeah, men do have. So, do they have a recommended age for men to get tested? Because I know, like, women, if it runs in your family, they want right. you to go in earlier. Early. But I think what is the mm -mm. what is the typical age for a woman? Recommended for her to get it like a mammogram. Is it 50? It is. Um, actually, I have um, on one of these papers because I know I want to say it used to be 50 or 52. Oh, it looks like it's 40. But now it just it changed recently because it used to be. Um, I know I saw one here that says now they want Oh, so it used four to be 40, 40, and now it's like 50. I think it was 40 before, and now they're saying And now 50. it's 50? I know if you're at an average changed. risk. I think um, that's just for a typical risk, like just, oh. Go? I had this whole You don't have thing. a family member associated with it. And now they're saying every two years after that instead of every year. Hmm. And I know, like, if you have, 
of family history of breast cancer. You have to go early. Um, yeah, they want you to go five or ten years. Start years, five or ten years. Probably 40 if, you're early. Early, if you have a mm -hmm. um, history of it. Um, so that if they need to, they can catch it. They can catch it early. Um, yeah, that's what I'm seeing as I'm looking through Google. It tends mm -hmm. to be, it used to be 40 was the age. And they decided to the change 50. it to 50. And instead of doing it every year now, they can mm -hmm. go every two Jeez. years. And that's for, like they said, an average risk. Meaning you don't have mm -hmm. a sister, a mother, a daughter who's had right. been diagnosed with breast cancer. Yep, because then you have to go even earlier. Right, so then I, I got curious, like, kind of what's the history behind... Um, the Breast Cancer Awareness Month, like why, um, I wonder why they, you know, kind of picked it, what made them pick the pink, and I would be able to tell you if I could get my app to open. Hold on one second, do you want to read some Facebook responses while I try to get this app to open? You want to read yours, Tiff? Yeah, I can go ahead and go with mine. I got two responses on my social network. Um, basically, we asked our listeners, our followers, our readers, um, to go ahead and um, answer a few questions. And the questions were, have you ever had breast cancer? Have you known anyone who has had breast cancer? And how has breast cancer affected your life as a survivor or friend or family member of someone who you knew with breast cancer? Um, so Soy said, I have known a person with breast cancer. She happens to be one of my mom's best friends. It was a sad moment to see her in pain, but she always had such a positive spirit and had a huge faith, which I think your attitude counts a lot mm -hmm. at times like this. She lost one breast, but she's a fighter and a survivor um, and an excellent human being who I am darn proud of. And then I had Susan and she said, one of my best friends was diagnosed in April. You probably met her at my birthday party. She just finished a grueling five months of chemo and is going in later this month for a double mastectomy. After that, she will do radiation and then reconstruction. This affected me greatly. It made me not postpone going to the doctor for those not so pleasant exams we all put off. Life is too short. Enjoy it. Stay positive and enjoy every moment with your family and friends. My friend is an amazing strong woman who worked and took care of her three beautiful kids through this whole process. She has a great prognosis and was an inspiration to many. Mm -hmm. How about you, Tanya? Um, do you have somebody close to home? I do. We can share your story since, okay. I mean, it would be... I don't... I didn't have any responses, your, actually. Your article that you were okay. looking for? Um, I got this article off of Care Cycle Solutions. Um, it's the history of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It says, as just about everyone knows, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, an annual international health campaign organized by major breast cancer charities to increase awareness and to raise funds for research. It also reminds women to be breast cancer aware for early early detection. <laughs> I cannot talk to you. Like, I, I have been like this all day at I work. I was going to say the word. Like, Dictation, which I absolutely hate the word dictation because my mind goes into the gutter immediately. No. When people are like, no. oh, do you know how to do dictation? I'm like, like, 
This has been my day. Like, it's just been a day. I'm glad it's mommy's wine time. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> but what is the history of this international event, which is so major that even pro football players wear pink and four or five Sundays each year? Um, National Breast Cancer Awareness Month was founded in 1985 as a partnership between the American Cancer Society and the Pharmaceutical Division of Imperial Chemical Industries, maker, um, maker of several anti-breast cancer drugs. The aim of NBCAM at the start was to, prom to promote mammography as the most effective weapon against breast cancer. But what about the pink ribbon? Where did that, or where did that, what is now um, a symbol of the NBCAM and breast cancer awareness in general come from? In the fall of 1991, the Susan K. Komen Foundation handed out pink ribbons to participants in its New York City race for the breast cancer survivors. The ribbon was derived from the popular red ribbon, ribbon of AIDS awareness. Then in 1993, um, Alexander Penny, editor-in-chief of the women's health magazine Self and Evelyn Lauder, breast cancer survivor and senior corporate vice president of Estee Lauder Companies, founded the Breast Cancer Research Foundation and established the pink ribbon as its symbol. The ribbon was distributed in um, stores throughout New York City. On the strength of Estee Lauder brand and its status as the symbol of support for breast cancer awareness was cemented. It's kind of interesting because I had no idea that like, um, you know, the stores had anything to do with it. Then it just kind of goes on talking about um, how it's just now became the major symbol, well known all around. It's a huge marketing tool for them. Um, you know, and then, but it really, oh, and then it goes in to talk about the NFL players, um, how they started wearing it just, you know, for more support, getting more out there for the awareness for the month of October. Um, it never really talked about, though, why they picked the month of October. And I could not find, like, I was Googling, like, why is October Breast Cancer Awareness Month? So I don't know if maybe because of where it was the fall, this was the month that all of it just kind of started kicking off and went into play. So they just kind of picked this month for it. Or um, if there's more of a, a reason. Um, I even had Kelvin, like, <laughs> can you find this article? Because I cannot find why October. I don't know. Um, I've never um, heard of why it was mm -hmm. either. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Does it have to do with like her birthday or something like that? I don't, maybe. Maybe or maybe it was just the month that they started kicking off everything. So they. Shouldn't just be. It just. Yeah. Stuck. That's what I was thinking. Maybe that's kind of how it was. Do you feel like the money that's being raised through all of these marketing things. I mean, do you feel like it really is raising breast cancer awareness and no. the money is actually going towards the cause? I don't think that any organization 
that you people donate money to, I honestly like it's a bad thing because you would want to donate to these causes, but mm-hmm. I honestly felt like no, it's not. It's going to mm-hmm. you know, the higher up people within the organization, like it's basically going into their pockets. So it it makes you like you want to donate, mm-hmm. but then it's like is my dollar or my five dollars or ten dollars or however much you want to mm-hmm. donate isn't really going, you know, straight to it. And I don't honestly don't think so. I mean, maybe a portion. I think a portion. I'm not saying none of it. Right. I'm just saying, like, a I, very if, small percentage right, of what right. you think is really going. I feel that right. if I'm going to donate, you know, $100, I want all $100 to go to the cause. I don't right. want it to go so you can have a nice house and a nice car because I keep exactly. that money in my pocket and, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, that's kind of like, I've always thought, okay, you know, maybe a portion but I, I highly doubt that all of your proceeds, because nothing says all of your proceeds will definitely go to the, like nothing that I've ever seen in any of the stuff that I've done for it, which, I don't know, there, there are some people who are, like they are total diehard, I will not support the breast cancer awareness um, foundations because the money does not go where it's supposed to go um and i think that can be said for a lot of i i agree like goodwill type things like right, they yeah. say goodwill is actually more of like a business thing it's not really right. it is i you mean know, benefiting what, people and it says goodwill right. is supposed to help people get jobs but i mean you just have to think like we're donating stuff that mm-hmm. we've paid a lot of money for and then they turn around and sell it like they're making a lot of money. I mean, they have to. They have to pay for. They have to pay. That's what I'm saying. Like, the workers, yeah. But that's any job. You go to right. Jules, you have to pay your workers. You right. know, you go to any store, no matter what type of store right. it is. Goodwill is the same yeah, thing. It's another exactly. store. That's I, my thing. I think like, they said a lot of the money does not go or to I read some causes or something. I read something the other day, and that's Goodwill was the biggest one that they said that the guy who made it was actually pretty smart because. It is a goodwill. It's it's good for him because they're donating it, and you know right. he's is his getting name paid. Will? Goodwill. I don't know. Right. Goodwill. You did a great job. Right. But I, I literally did just read that the other day. I thought that's kind of funny when you brought mm-hmm. that up, though. So I mean, which it's sad because you know, so you see so many people who just pour their hearts and their money and into all these different um, foundations and all this stuff because they just want that care for their family member. But then when, if you ever really could get a breakdown of what's truly going to the cure and what's truly going to the pocket of the... I think that if I wanted to... I think that would be something interesting to look for. I think if I wanted to donate to that cause or any cause, like, I mean, of course, when I go to the store and they're like, oh, you want to donate a dollar, donate two dollars, I always donate. Mm -hmm. But I think if I wanted to donate a larger amount of money, I would find somebody that's actually going through it right now. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, it may not be much, but here's some money to help go towards something, you know, instead of giving it to somebody that's going to pocket it that doesn't. Mm-hmm. have it you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying I would rather help somebody that actually has it, is actually going through mm-hmm. the situation um mm-hmm. my dad owns a cleaning business and what I liked about him and I think cancer cancer hits him hard because both of his parents passed away from cancer mm-hmm. um they I asked him today because I was five and 12 when his parents passed I was five when his dad passed away and 12 when his mom passed away and um I didn't really understand at the time 
the whole cancer thing i was just like under the impression that they were just sick and they were in their old age and it was just their time to go but um i guess they both passed away from um stomach cancer well so with his cleaning business what he did was he would offer cancer patients like four free cleanings to like come and clean their house mm -hmm. um so i mean he helped out in that cause which was really good because that helps them he, a lot. yeah like, you know, most of them, if they were, you know, women or men, but most of them were women, it was like they can't really, they don't have the strength to get up and clean their houses. So, I mean, it was kind of like a blessing to them. Like, hey, you know, it's not a lot, but four times I can have someone come and clean my house for free where I don't have to mm -hmm. pay for it. So, for me, I was just like, you know what, that's, you know, you're blessing someone else, but you're helping, you know, a cause and it's actually helping a cancer patient, you mm -hmm. know. I mean, because they... After when they start their chemo and they start going through all, they just they feel awful. Yeah, like they cannot hardly do. They can't do nothing. A lot of times they can't even get off the bed. They can't get off the couch. They don't. They don't want to eat because they feel sick. Um, I worked with actually two ladies that I worked with in Colorado. Um, had breast cancer, and you know the one she was. They both were pretty like spunky, positive. Um, she. The one lady kept saying, this isn't going to, not going to kill me. I am not going to let this kill me. And, you know, she just kept her positive attitude. She's like, God got me. Like, this is not going to get me down. And, you know, it came to a point where they had actually told her, you know, the cancer might not kill you, but all that chemo to your heart, your heart's not doing good. She's like, I don't think you understand. It's not going to kill me. And, I mean, she's still alive to this day. Now, the other lady, um, she worked with us, and she, um, I guess she was just doing one of her self-examinations, um, and she felt something that was real tiny. And she's like, oh, maybe I just have a cyst or, or something. So she went in, and she had it checked out. Well, no, it was the very beginning stages of breast cancer. It was real small. Like, they even got to do this, um, she did, like, this research she was a research patient for one of the cancer centers, and, well, they got that gone. Well, then all of a sudden, she started feeling sick again, and, and she ignored it. Like, she kept ignoring it, ignoring it. Well, then one time, got to the point where she couldn't ignore it. They went and did a, um, a scan of her brain, and then just in that short amount of time, because even when you have cancer and then you you're better and they think it's all gone they still will check you from head to toe pretty much to make sure you don't have it somewhere else it hasn't spread and and she was cleared and then just in that short amount of time it was so bad in her brain there was nothing else that they could do about it and she passed away so it's like it's scary it's just How old was scary she? or roughly. i don't i don't know she was probably in her early 50s because she had um daughters that were adults um but yeah and then she had one that i think was in high school so i mean it's like you just, you just don't know you you have no idea truly what she gets this great news she's cleared and not even a couple months later it's already got so bad in her brain that then she passed away so susan g coleman's birthday is october 31st oh okay. i bet that's so maybe mm -hmm. maybe that's why that was the walks that we would do in colorado um 
they were at this place called the Garden of the Gods, and it had, like, all these beautiful rocks, and you could walk all around here, and you could drive through it. So that's where it would be, and it was the, um, the Susan G. Komen Foundation Walk every year. Well, um, so for me, if I were to answer these questions, I've never had breast cancer, but um, my aunt, uh, Darlene, has had breast cancer, and she's actually had it twice. Um, she got breast cancer in 2003, and she then she got cancer again in 2009. Mm -hmm. um, she also said she had two friends that had breast cancer, and they actually passed away from it. And one of them, um, of her, I probably know both of them, but one of them that I know for sure, um, she was a mom. I think she had, like, three kids, um, so she left behind three kids and her husband, and I know it just had to be hard for my aunt because you've had, like, close people that have died from it. But I know she's, like, she says she's, like, really blessed and she has to thank the man upstairs for her, you know, still being here today mm -hmm. and fighting it and beating it. Um, I know she's had an awesome support system because my family's pretty close. When something happens, everyone's there for each other. Mm -hmm. um, I remember when she was in the hospital, I think it's the day that she had her surgery, like, we were the hospital was just like full of our family mm -hmm. and we were a pretty big family my grandma has had seven kids so it was literally all seven kids their kids you know so we were just all up there um at the hospital we waited you know the entire time until she got out we were able to go in and um you know visit with her and everything mm -hmm. um she said it, it's affected her life because she no longer can work like she used to and she's always been like this hard working person um oh you know i mean she still works and goes to work every day mm -hmm. but she just she can't like do the same like she could before um she says she still has to get she has to do one uh treatment every three months um she says she's on seven pills a day um from having mm -hmm. this um she was like it affects her like mentally, um, because she says even if she gets like a small cold, she thinks the cancer's back, and so I know that has to like. Oh, I, I would be so scared of everything. Yeah, that has to like really just make you like mm -hmm. think about that. You know, like man, okay, you know, is it coming back? Is it coming back? Um, so she's like she worries a lot, um, but she says as long as she has God, she's good. Mm -hmm. um, she said when she got it in two thousand and nine, it was on her kidney and on her liver and mm -hmm. in the back of her breast. She is currently cancer-free, which is good, but like I said, she goes every three months, and she gets checked out every three months to make sure that um, it's not back, and she's, she'll tell us, and she'll ask us to pray for her, you know, while she's on mm -hmm. her way, and somebody's always with her to go with her and, and be there to support her, and when we're not there, you know, we're always supporting her, sending her text messages, mm -hmm. we're praying, you know, when she comes back, and she says, I'm good, I'm cancer-free, you know, we're always there to give her encouraging words Does and everything. she have daughters or sisters and do they get checked have they gotten checked? she doesn't have any daughters mm -hmm. um the only sister she has is my mom and um my aunt i don't know about my aunt i know my mom basically goes and she gets checked for everything so mm -hmm. um but that doesn't that's not to say that any of her nieces or, nep or nephews well i mean guys can get breast cancers but any of the nieces you know can't get right. get it done but i mean we go through our yearly checkup and think now they pushed mm -hmm. it back to two years or something like that i still try to get in yearly just to make sure everything's okay with me but 
I know they always do like an in breast exam, not a mammogram, but right. you know. So I always make sure, you know, I go in and, and get that done. So it's, mm -hmm. it's made me personally aware of to make sure, you know, if any little thing goes wrong or I feel anything, like I'll call her and ask her or I'll go in and I'll get checked. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's just anywhere just because, like I said earlier, my grandparents on my dad's side passed away. My aunt is on my mom's side. So I have it from both sides, like, of the family. So... Mm -hmm. I'm just a little bit more aware with cancer all the way around. Um, but she just said she's doing really good right now. And she has the man upstairs to thank, you know, for her still being here. Because, you know, it just like her friends passed away, it could have easily been, you know, her. But she's still fighting every day. So I just want to say she's an amazing woman. And even been through all that, she's still always smiling, laughing, you know, same old person where some people, they kind of get in that rut where it's like, man, I'm sick, and they kind of give up on life where she yeah. actually fought back, and, you know, she's still living her life, so. And, you know, that's one of the things, like, the clinic before, um, the radiologist, and then we had a nurse who specifically, that's what she did all day. She was in oncology, but she would work right with the radiologist for the new patients who are just diagnosed with breast cancer, and they would always tell them, you have to remember, as hard as it's going to be, you have to stay positive. You have to beat the cancer. Do not let the cancer beat you. Yep. The second you start giving up and you just get in that mindset, you're just not going to care, and you're just going to want to die, but don't do it. Like, as hard as it is, do whatever you have to do. Stay positive. You know, and it's and it's scary. Um, I don't really know the whole story, but I know one of my cousins had one of her neighbors. She was younger. I want to say she's in the 40s. I know she was a high school kid. I don't know if her other kids are a lot younger. or, or I think they're all younger than high school, like the ones in high school, and I'm not exactly sure about the other ones or how many she has. But, you know, she fought cancer for over a year. And then not that long ago, you know, she passed away. And, and I know she was telling my, uh, my cousin was telling my mom that, you know, one of the last things that she wrote on a piece of paper was, I'm scared. And I'm like, I couldn't imagine being a mom going, who's going to raise my kids? Like, they're going to need their mom and I'm not going to be there. Like, I think that that would be so, so hard and scary for me. And that's the one. Like, I, I would be, like, it would be horrible. I couldn't imagine that feeling. And then as you're dying, like, okay, who's going to take care of my kids? Because people don't take care of their kids like their moms do. Like, moms take care of them. You know, so I just, I don't know, my heart just breaks for a lot of those people. You know, we I see it a lot. Like, I see it even, not just breast cancer, but we had this patient... I worked the other day and he I had actually just scheduled his PET scan because he had um, cancer in another area well he had his PET scan and then he um, came in because he, all of a sudden he couldn't lift his legs he can't he trembled he his whole half of his brain was just full of cancer and I'm like oh, I just felt like two hours talking to other day and him and his wife were just as sweet as could be so it's just it's a it's a sad 
sad thing. No matter if it's breast or what kind of cancer it is, it's just so sad. It is. I think it's really sad. And I think it was just uh, a perfect topic to talk about at the right time, mm -hmm. too. So. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, October. Get that awareness out there. Just make sure you go get checked, check yourself. And that's what, um, you know, people say, too, like, if I would have just checked myself. You know, it's easy. Stand in the shower, lift up your arm, fill your boobs under your armpits, and, and go. It's just an easy, quick check. Men, too. Check yourselves. Yeah, I can't. I mean, to be honest, I really don't get in the shower and check at all. Mm -hmm. Yep, they say that, or you should lay flat and hold your hand above your head and go in like a circle motion. I think I started checking once my aunt got breast cancer, then I started, like, mm -hmm. checking myself and making sure, like, um, you know, just for that. But not everyone does, and it's just, it's one of those things where you feel like it's not going to happen to you. Right. You know, it's like one of those things you see on TV, and you're like, oh, that can never happen to me, mm -hmm. and, you know, you never know. Mm -hmm. You don't know, you know, what's in store for your future you know you don't know what's going to happen so i would say you know get checked out and don't most men um are scared to go to the doctor too mm -hmm. and i mean women are too but it's it's more for men they're scared to go to the doctor go to the doctor like if you seriously feel like something's wrong and your body just doesn't feel right like follow that intuition and just mm -hmm. go and you know get checked out because with all the technology and stuff that they have today like you can actually stop it and cure it and you can be okay and you can beat it but if mm -hmm. you just let it get to the point where there's nothing that they can do you know you had a chance to save yourself you know so right get checked out guys yeah and I know like at um, advocate where I work you can get same-day mammograms with same-day results so if you feel something like a lot of places I think are going that way like they want to give you your results right away because that's a scary thing um to sit there and sit on like well what was that lump that I felt what you know it's it's scary so I mean just anyone um you know do your stuff get checked get your boobs squeezed a lot of women say oh, I hate getting a mammogram. Mammograms are the worst. Well, I think I would hate breast cancer more than having my boobs squeezed for a few minutes. I wonder if people are scared of coming off as a hypochondriac. Mm -hmm. You know, where you're like, I think I feel something. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go get it checked. And then you go there and they're like, it's nothing. Mm -hmm. So you're like, okay, mm -hmm. I feel stupid. So then like a little while later, mm -hmm. happens again. You're like, should I go or is it going to be right. nothing again? I'm paying this large copay mm -hmm. to get it checked out. Um, I already went in and got basically paid for somebody to tell me that I'm crazy, mm -hmm. you know, and copays are not cheap now. I think that I would rather take that, mm -hmm. that chance. Like I went into the doctor and I go in, like if anything, little thing is wrong with me, like I'll go get checked. I'll go to the doctor and be like, Hey, you know, like something is wrong. I know something's wrong. And I went in because I was having really bad stomach pains and so they did like this whole exam and then they found a lump on my liver and they were like well you know you've had this since like 2011 I'm like I don't ever remember you guys telling right. me that I that I had this on there so then I went and I had to get like an extra scan and they're like well 
you know, it only grew just a little bit bigger, you know, we're just gonna, like, watch it and make sure mm -hmm. it's, you know, if it's getting any bigger, then, you know, we'll go from there and see if we want to take it out and test it or whatever, but I'm that type of person, like, you can go in and you can tell me, like, there's nothing wrong with me. Like, even, like, now where, like, every day I wake up and there's a different part of my body that's swollen and... I went to the doctor and the doctor's like looking at me and she's like you're fine and I'm like no so the second time I went to the doctor she's like if happy you didn't come back so I came back the next day and I literally took pictures and she's like wow I wouldn't have believed you if you know well I've seen a different doctor but he's like I wouldn't have believed you if you didn't show me the pictures mm -hmm. so I started taking pictures like every day and I seen like three or four different doctors I seen the allergist and they're like we can't find anything wrong but I'm like no I know there is something wrong I had mm -hmm. no allergies no, you know anything and I'm like no I know there's something wrong and I'm sending like all these different pictures and they're like yeah there's something wrong but all your tests keep coming back normal I'm like oh something's wrong because this isn't how you know like this isn't me personally so I mean I get your question because some you know that happens well, I mean, some people weigh the finances mm -hmm. okay you pay your copay if you have insurance that's if you have insurance that's if you have insurance provided through your employer. If you have private insurance, you're paying up the wazoo. Yes, and then after is, you yeah. pay up the wazoo for your visit, you then don't get covered for all the services that you accrued, all mm -hmm. the tests you accrued. You essentially go into debt. You cannot buy a house. You cannot get an apartment. You cannot get a car. All because you're in debt because of these medical things. So I think with people, they feel the pressure to say, what is what is me WebMDing myself and what is really... Like pain, like am but, I sick? Oh, don't web MD. If you so. web MD or something, web MD will have you die. Yeah, I was about to tomorrow. say. My, but do my, they feel it? Like okay, so I'm feeling, and maybe I always have cysts. Like my mom always gets cysts under her I mean, armpits. A lot of women so get cysts. So I get cysts under mm -hmm. my armpits too. I um, you know, I can get cysts like in my shoulders and stuff like that. So if I'm feeling and I feel a cyst, and I know I get cysts. Do I rush out and say, let me get this checked every single time a cyst pops up? Because if I do. I'll be at the doctor's all the time. Then I have to go, I have to miss work to go because they're not always going to have an appointment when I can get in there. You know, like I work a certain period of time, can you get me in? No. So do I have to skip work to go? So I miss out on that money. You know, it becomes a financial yeah. thing for people. It, and it I don't does. think people, people kind of ignore that. They're like, well, you should go get checked as much as you can. But the realistic side is every single time a lump or a bump or something happens, you're not going to go get it checked out, one, because of time. To because of money. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you I, I guess my thing is, if you have a lump today and it's gone tomorrow, it's just obviously a cyst. Like, or in a couple of days and it's not growing, it's not, and it's gone, then yeah, it was something that's gone. But, but even my sister was saying when she was just here, you know, she's a nurse and she was saying the same thing like, you know, you go to the doctor because you don't feel good. You know your body, they don't know your body. Mm -hmm. You know you don't feel good, but they keep telling you. Oh, wrong. you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. And she's like, obviously, I'm not fine. Or this person right. is not fine. Like, I don't feel good. And I guess my thing is just get, if you have something, it doesn't go away, then have it checked. Like, if you know you get cysts on your breast area, a lot of women get cysts. I get cysts on my ovaries all the time, and I know what they feel like. So, if I get that pain and it doesn't go away within two days, okay. But if I get in, then it's gone within a couple of days. I know that's what it is. Mm -hmm. um, I've even had cysts on my kidneys before. Like I, I get cysts. I just my the radiologist I used to work with because 
I would go there to the doctor, and he read, he's like, you're just a cystic girl. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but, but I know what they feel like, so I know what those symptoms are, and I know that they're going to go away within a couple of days. Yeah. And, but if they didn't go within a couple of days, you best believe I'm going to be in the doctor. <laughs> I agree with Lisa. I think you just know your body mm-hmm. and you know, like, you know if something's wrong. Like, after, because I've had, like, the, the swelling and the, like, the, the little bumps, I've had them now going on, like, six, seven months now. And I don't go to the doctor mm-hmm. anymore. I'm kind of just, like, they're going to tell me the same thing. They don't know what it is. And I'm like, okay, like, it's a different part of my body, but they don't know what it is. So it's like, I kind of, I don't, like, jump to go like I did. And I was going to different doctors because I'm like, well, if it's something wrong, you know, Mm -hmm. we can fix it or at least I know what it is or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think, like, you just, you kind of know your body and you kind of get that feeling. And if you got to get that feeling like, okay, something's wrong, then, you know, even, like, when my stomach pain, when I went and they found the, the thing on my liver... <clears throat> I have endometriosis, so I get really bad pains, but that pain was, like, worse. You know, it was like I couldn't move, I couldn't do anything, and I'm like, this isn't, like, you know, right. normal pain, so this is what made me go into the doctor and go in to get checked, so I think you just have that feeling. But I do understand what you're saying, like, the whole, you don't want to be that person that's, like, always thinking something's wrong, like, it kind of makes you go crazy at a point in time, because, like, Am I really in pain? Because sometimes I'm like, am I really in pain? But I mean, or is my mind telling me I'm in pain? I don't know. Is someone, I, and I don't know because I've never had cancer. I've never had breast cancer or any other type of cancer. Mm-hmm. Is, is there a pain associated? Or is it just you feel tired? And you know, like, in everyday life, we all get tired. And I wonder if that's why people don't rush to say, let me get this checked for cancer because mm-hmm. I'm tired. They're just like, I'm tired. I've had a rough week. I'm stressed. I've. This month is really busy. I don't know what it is. Like, is there's a lot of different things? Some people don't know. Some people have no idea until they go in for like an annual checkup or for annual labs, and then something comes back off. Or they just some people have pain. Some people are tired. Some people, there's just every. It kind of affects everybody different. I read up on um, cancer when they they, like this everything that was happening, Mm -hmm. and I read up on it and. A lot of the things that said, like, okay, this could be cancer, I was like, oh, I have this. Oh, I've experienced this. Oh, you know, and I wasn't, like, quick to be like, hey, check me. I think I have cancer. But that's, like, when you look up your own symptoms, like, that's what you're going to automatically be like, I have all of those. Or, you know, I've experienced all of those. When in reality, it's not really anything. You just, it's everyday life. Yes, I'm tired. See, and I wonder if that's where we get Mm -hmm. it missed with being aware of it is because it's not something that you're like, um, okay, so I had to have my gallbladder removed. I was in Me so much too. pain. I was in tears. Mm-hmm. I could not breathe. And they're like, well, what does the pain feel like? Is it sharp? I'm like, no. I'm like, it feels like something's squeezing and it's very, mm-hmm. very hard to breathe. And, you know, I went in and they were like, they told me, they honestly basically told me I was crazy. They sent me home. Um, I came back and I was like, I cannot stand it. I'm like, I know you guys just let me go this morning. They're like, we're not going to give you any pain medicine. I said, that's fine. I said, but I'm in so much pain. So whatever you guys feel like you need to do, then let's go that route. But I am in so much pain, like in tears. They came back so embarrassed. They admitted me to the hospital. But that I could feel. It was like real severe pain. With cancer, 
a lot of times it's not a severe pain. And like she said, most people don't know until they go yeah. for a checkup and they test their blood and they're like, you know what, your white blood mm -hmm. cell count is really, really high right now. That's not normal. And then you start to say, okay, this makes sense. I've been really, really tired for no reason. Mm -hmm. I just assumed it was because I was so busy. Nice. I was so stressed. Life was taking its toll on me. I was getting old. You know, I'm, I'm tired now more than I've ever been. And it's, mm -hmm. I don't feel like in pain, but I'm like, I'm exhausted. I mean, do I go get checked because I feel I, exhausted or like? I know personally, if I'm sleeping all the time and really exhausted, the first pregnant. thing in my mind is, darn it. <laughs> I'm pregnant again. Like, I don't think cancer, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, I think most people find out, I mean, unless you obviously, you see a lump or something, most times you go and it's just one of those, you're either explaining your symptoms to the doctor and they're like, well, let's just check mm -hmm. this out and they find it. Or, you know, like I said, they find it accidentally through tests, like you said, the, the blood tests or if they do x-rays or CAT scans or like anything like that. And that's how they kind of, you know, find out. I guess my suggestion well. is if you feel off or you feel like something's wrong, I'm with Tiff, like, I am not for the ER. I feel like a lot of ERs have turned to patients. If they come in with pain, they just act like they're there for pain meds. I cannot stand pain meds. That's the same thing with my gallbladder. I had to leave work because I, and I have a really high tolerance for pain. I had to leave work because I felt so sick and my, my stomach was hurting so bad right where my gallbladder is like I could point it out where the pain was I knew exactly what it felt like um I couldn't hardly even drive I was in so much pain Calvin came home and drove me to the ER they acted like I was having acid reflux I was like well we're not going to give you any pain meds I really don't give a damn about your pain meds that's exactly what they told me not Feel good. They said, I'm going to give you, we're going to give you acid reflux. I said, whatever you feel Did will help this a, out. A cocktail to drink is no, what the guy know, called it. You know what was so funny to me is when I, after I gave birth, because this happened immediately after I gave birth mm -hmm. to my third child, which I did without pain. I gave birth without any epidural, no pain mm -hmm. meds, nothing. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm like, the pain is really high. I'm telling the nurse you know, mm -hmm. in the uh, maternity ward, I'm like, it's really, really high up. I'm like, this is not normal. She's like, oh, it's just after birth. I was like, this is my third child. I didn't have any pain meds with her. I didn't have pain meds with my second one. I'm like, I gave birth, no pain meds. I know what after birth feels like. That's cramping. This is like really high up, like it's hurting really bad. Mm -hmm. And what happened is my pancreas levels were like, through the roof. You were probably having gallbladder attacks that was. went down into made you have your pancreas attacks. Yep. Like it's horrible. It was bad because the, the surgery to remove my gallbladder took three to four hours. It's only supposed to take like an hour and a half because okay. my bile duct was so enlarged that they were, he was like in there taking pictures. Like I've never seen one that big. So, I mean, that's how long I had been passing mm -hmm. stones, which they never found any stones, to be honest. They never found any stones. I went back six weeks later into the hospital. They had to admit me for a week. Mm -hmm. They could not figure out what was wrong. They still don't know. But, so, yeah, my, that easy. is mine. Like, uh, mine, I went to test after test after test. Finally went to a surgeon, and he said, the GI was like, I feel like you just, I want you to go see the surgeon. I was like, well, I don't want to have surgery if I don't need it. He's like, I feel like it is your gallbladder. 
I want you to go talk to the surgeon. He obviously knows more. And he was like, oh, no, Lisa, your, your tests are coming back normal, but you're on that not normal, normal level. So, of course, they're going to call it normal because that's the standard. And and it was kind of the same thing. I, when I had to have my gallbladder take out, it was um, extremely inflamed. But my duct was so small that he told my mom and Calvin, he's like, I don't know how she's lived this long with her duct so small. Well, not that I was going to die, but because I didn't have this pain before. And Calvin's like, she has. She just ignores it all the time. That's how I knew <laughs> it was bad. She ignores it. And, you know, and I guess my thing is just so that the ER doesn't make you feel like they made me and Tiffany feel. <laughs> go to your primary. Like, just don't go to the ER unless if you know you're in have an emergency situation or if you just need something to hold you over. But always follow up with your primary, even if the ER says nothing is wrong with you. I, I agree with that. And I think most doctors, like, they try to push you guys. They try to push people off. Mm-hmm. Um, even with like, you kind of know your body or like, quick example is, um, after I had China, she was like, I want to say like 15, 20 minutes after I had her maybe, or like after everyone basically like left the room after I had China, um, she was breathing weird. And I told the doctors, I'm like, she's breathing weird. They're like, no, that's fine. That's how they're supposed to breathe. You know, after they have them, and I'm like, no, there's something wrong. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where you're like, I know, you know, this is my yeah, third my kid. First <laughs> you know, I'm like, I know. And so the whole night she just kept skipping her breath, skipping her breath. And I'm like, I'm scared to go to sleep because I'm scared she's just not going to breathe. So the next day I had to tell him again. They're like, no, she's fine. I'm like, no, call a doctor in here, please. So the doctor came in there, and obviously there was something wrong with her. And... It's like they they do, they try to push you off. Even when I had a miscarriage after Brielle, it was after Brielle before Carmelo, and I walked in there and I'm like, I'm in labor, and she looked at me. And I was like, she's like, how do you know you're in labor? And I just like, I got mad instantly. And I looked at her and I I looked at Brielle because Brielle was there and I was like, you see her? I said, that's my daughter. I've been pregnant before. I said, I know what labor feels like. I said, I'm in labor. She's like, you don't even look pregnant. I'm like, I was 122 the day that I had my first kid. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not big. I, I know that, you know, I'm in labor and um, I end up miscarrying that night. But I'm like, doctors, sometimes they kind of push you off because they feel that you're not a doctor. You can't right. tell me, you know, you don't have that degree to say that there is something wrong. Where no, I know my body. I know my kids. I, I, I know. I know when something's wrong. And if you do get that doctor who makes you feel like you're a hypochondriac and you just don't know, go That's to a new different. one. Yeah. Because they should not make you feel that way. And she was only the triage, but I was, I was pretty, I was pretty mad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, ladies. Well, today, um, we made some new social media sites, right? Were we going to put them in or you want to put them in the show notes? Uh, yeah, so I'll go ahead and add them into the show notes. Um, today we created an official Snapchat. Well, we just, we made everything pretty much official. So our email, uh, if you guys want to send us emails for comments, is um, the M, it's the, so the word the, N, M is in, uh, mommy's wine time. So podcast at gmail.com, all lowercase. So you guys can email us there. We'll respond if you guys have any questions, concerns, comments. If you guys, you know, 
anything. You guys can email us at any time and somebody will respond. Um, Instagram is um, as well the MWT podcast. Um, Twitter is the MWT podcast. Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we have a Facebook page. Same thing as the MWT podcast. Um, we also created a Periscope. So in the future, um, look for that. And we'll be Periscoping, you know, before the shows, after the shows. So you can kind of see, like, what we do, what we talk about before we get ready or when we get done. Um, we'll have a Snapchat maybe sometime soon. Um, so you guys can always contact us. <laughs> You guys can always contact us in there. We'll be posting pictures on Instagram, you know, constantly tweeting on Twitter. So we're trying to get more involved. We want you guys to get more involved with us. So please follow us. Please comment um, anything that you think we can improve. Any suggestions you have for new topics, new drinks. Um, we're still looking for the shot round song. So if you guys want to throw us some suggestions, please do that. Uh, really quickly, next week we're the toppings is going to be on selfies, and I just think it's a real. Well, we all think it's a really good idea if you guys just take a selfie of yourself and send it to our email. Add you know tag us on an Instagram if you know a, a selfie of yourself. Twitter, face our Facebook page. Just send us a selfie, and we're somehow going to um, interpret your selfie in our show. So our next podcast. So. Send it in. We would like to have them all in by Saturday. What yep. time would you say? Saturday. Um, you know what? Let's just shoot for midnight on Saturday is fine. Okay. Um, so the date, when we say Saturday, <laughs> um, we are looking at the 17th. So October 17th, 2015. Um, by then, we want to have um, as many selfies as we can get by then. So anything after that, I'm sorry. We're just going to have to cut you off. So let's work on a schedule, people. Yep. Make sure you listen. <laughs> so get them in, like I said, email, Twitter, Facebook, um, Addison. Um, you know, if you know us personally, send it to us, however you guys want to get it to us. Um, and we'll interpret it into our next show. But uh looks like we're out of drinks, guys. So we're out of... Go ahead, Tiff. Come on. What? Yeah, Tiff, you're really good at this one. <laughs> what? Horrible. We're, okay, out, we're of out of mics. So we're out of. So we're saying good night. We're saying good night. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.